You are listening to the Dradcast episode 99.1 with special guest Nicole Kohler. This episode of the Dradcast is brought to you by GoDaddy Managed WordPress Hosting, providing 99.9% uptime and 24-7 award-winning hosting support for all your WordPress websites. You know them, you love them, GoDaddy, x.co slash Dradcast. Also, this episode brought to you by Beaver Builder. The crazy powerful and flexible drag and drop design system for WordPress. The beaveriest builder of them all. If you haven't checked them out yet, you absolutely should. You will be blown away. So go to their website, wpbeaverbuilder.com. Get ready for the Dradcast. Your favorite nerds. Brad Williams and Dre Armada bring you high-octane conversations with new guests every week. Covering the latest news, insight on recent events, and interviews with tech titans. Pour yourself a quality cocktail. What kind of software? Sit back and chill. Because the Dragcast starts now. That's right. It's now. It's time. It's the Dradcast, your favorite part of the week. Dre, my brother. Hey, Drad, 99.1, where hip-hop lives. 99.1. Hey, Dingo and the Man. baby. I am. <laughs> oh, shoot. Man, this is uh, definitely my favorite part of the week, and I'm uh, stoked to be back again for another installation, reaching uh, just a major milestone for us. Uh, very, very soon. So what's what's going on here with this this 99.1 thing, man? 99.1. So in true drag cast fashion, we suck at planning. So the big, what, what number comes after 99? The big 100, right? And that's a huge milestone for us. So we have a really exciting announcement about the Dradcast episode 100. We are actually going to be doing it live coming out of California. Dre oh, and man. Brad getting together for a big show. It's going to be live June 22nd. Mark it on the calendars. We have a lot more information coming out, but June 22nd, we're doing the live 100 show. So we obviously can't go past 100 until we've done episode 100. <laughs> so this is episode 99.1, and you guys are just got to deal with it. I'm sorry. Suck it up, Buttercup. Now, another thing that I want you to uh, remember is that we always love hearing uh, from our audience. So if you'd like uh, some special guests or special things, anything that you'd like to see on uh, episode 100, make sure to hit us up, info at dragcast.com or at dragcast on Twitter, and we'll see what we can do for you. Dude, we got another amazing show. What? Well, let's before we step into that, how you been? How's this week gone for you? I am how was good. the holiday? We just celebrated the big Memorial Day here in the United States. Always, uh, it's always an exciting holiday. Obviously, you know we certainly uh, it's it's a good time to you know thank the the many uh, military men and women that have come before us, given the ultimate sacrifice, um, and really just uh, pay tribute to them. Um, it's also an exciting time because it kind of steps into summer, and I feel like it's you know. Uh, summer is here, so I had a good weekend, pretty low-key, didn't do a whole lot of stuff, but that's fine in my book. What uh, what did you do this weekend besides taking selfies of yourself in the bathroom yeah. that I saw yeah. earlier, earlier today? Yeah, that's, uh, that's not weird at all. That um, happened. It, I was taking <laughs> selfies of myself camping, We uh, well, glamping, as they, they may call it, so we have an RV, and uh, we, uh, we went up to, it's called Lake Hemet, it's about an hour from here. Up in the um, the, the foothills uh, here, the San Bernardino Mountains, and uh, stayed up there for a few days. Lounged around, played uh, you know lawn games with the kids, and went to the lake and and hung out. Man, it was awesome. 
That is how you do it, my friend. I need an RV. I need yeah, you should. Hey, well, maybe drag cast from an RV. Like, who knows? Road road trip. <laughs> drag cast oh, road trip. That uh, nothing wrong will happen with that. Yeah, that ends perfectly well. Uh, let's get through episode 100, then we'll see what we can do. <laughs> yeah, let's figure that out. Maybe the the next uh, C-note mark, man. Maybe. So before we get to 100, we have episode 99.1. We have a, uh, a very cool guest. I'm excited to get into some of the topics we're going to talk about. Today we have Nicole Kohler on the show. Nicole, welcome to the Dreadcast. Hey, thanks for having me. Very excited to have you on here. So I, uh, rather than doing research and writing bios, I just read what people have on Twitter most of the time, <laughs> unless it's like a one-word Twitter bio. And I think yours <laughs> is pretty good. I think it's, you know, it's 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 a nice little bio. So Nicole's a content creator, automatic, e-commerce educator, WordPress fangirl, feminist, Oxford comma user, Pokemon master, and craft beer enthusiast in training. That's a pretty awesome bio. <laughs> that is pretty epic. Yeah. It was hard to cram everything in, in one short space. And you, I actually uh, a lot of you're a part of, you, yeah, you're involved in a lot of things and a lot of things that I certainly love and support. So um, uh, very cool to see that. But the content creator, that's really where you're at. You're automatic. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but you came from the Woo acquisition. Is that right? So you were at Woo Themes originally? Yeah, that's right. So what does a content creator at automatic, and I'm assuming you're still on the Woo team at automatic, um, but what does a content creator do? do at automatic um so i am still on the woo team and generally i write blog posts for woo and just try to find um things that our customers are having problems with or not understanding or need more information about and write educational blog posts that can help them do things better on their storefronts or um maybe just improve little things just it's just a matter of really finding um, topics that we can help our customers um, with. I didn't explain that very well, but just TLDR, oh, yeah. write, write blog posts. <laughs> write awesome content. And, uh, you know, I'm looking over at the WooThemes.com site and a lot of the articles you've written. You've you've pumped out a lot of content. In, yeah. In, it, in the last year, I think it's like 115 or 116 posts, something along those lines. That is no small feat. And anyone who writes, you know, good content i think and appreciate that um that's pretty cool and you're also kind of known in this space of uh, around kind of content marketing you've spoken at uh, a few word camp word camp lancaster uh i think you spoke at woocommerce as well around content marketing and uh some of the common misconceptions around content marketing yeah, I spoke at, at WordCamp Lancaster about uh, common misconceptions in content marketing, and I had an opportunity to give a workshop at WooConf to some of the, our store owners um, about how to get started with content marketing without hiring a marketer, which is one of the biggest hurdles that we see with store owners. They're um, really interested in getting into it, but they don't have usually the budget to hire someone to help them. Um, so I, I went through a couple things that they can do to make the process of creating content and distributing that content a little easier and a little more um, within reach for them without having to, you know, fork out thousands of dollars. And what, one of the things that I've seen from a, from a content marketing perspective is, is uh, the need for um, 
consistency, right? And in terms of the, the mediums you may be used to, to deliver uh, the messaging or the content, uh, but also from a scheduling perspective, uh, is that something that, that uh, from your perspective, uh, that you see as an important piece of setting some type of marketing, uh, a content marketing campaign, or um, um, I don't know, dialogue with the, their audience with the whatever the specific market they're they're involved in yeah consistency is super important um once you start that dialogue you really should keep it going and i i think one of the most common misconceptions is that you have to update your blog a set number of times a week for it to be successful or you have to produce long-form content you know every single month and that's not necessarily true because in some industries if or some industries excuse me if you're sending out um you know an email every single week, that's too much communication. But then there's some industries that if you're not sending out an email every single week, you're kind of losing that contact with your customers. So it's kind of a matter of starting somewhere, maybe it's just once every two weeks and doing something, whether it's publishing a blog post, sending out an email, writing long form content, um, you know, publishing Instagram pictures of your customers on your site and just updating those, that's content too. And doing that consistently until customers can expect to hear from you and you know what you're capable of. Um, and also finding tools is another part too, you know, that can help make that easier. Um, we use CoSchedule at Woo to help it make the process of scheduling our content and visualizing where it's going to happen and when things are due a little bit easier. Um, it actually gives you a virtual calendar that you can look at, which is super, super helpful. <laughs> Being able yeah, to actually sure. look, you know, you can actually look and say, oh, okay, you know, next Wednesday, we don't have anything that day as far as social goes or our blog posts go. So we need to put something there. Certainly. I've noticed um, the folks that get to that point where they, they, they want to keep so consistent with the schedule that they start creating content that maybe isn't as relevant or as valuable. And it ultimately just becomes noise. And that noise ends up actually driving maybe that readership in a direction that they didn't expect or want. Uh, so, so it's more valuable to have uh, strong, relevant, uh, and important content where your audience can relate to it versus cramming stuff in there that just really doesn't make sense. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it it's one of those situations where um, quality over quantity absolutely rings true. You shouldn't just create something to fill a gap or just because you think your customers are going to expect something. Um, you should only say something when you really have something to say. <laughs> and where, well, I mean, ooh, go ahead, Brad. Oh, uh, well, thank you, sir. So, really? you know, where can people find, you know, topics you mentioned uh, on Woo, you're, you're kind of looking at where maybe the customers are having challenges or issues and how you can help. How do you come up with those ideas? Are these questions people are submitting? Are you, you know, tracking social and seeing what people are talking about? Is it just pure inspiration? You know, what can people do to – that's a problem I've always struggled with is where, like, what do I write about? Writer's block, topic block, whatever you want to call it. Like, how can you get that inspiration and kind of even understand what maybe you should be writing about? There's a lot of different places that you can get ideas. Um Probably the, the thing that I've said the most in talking to people or, or giving talks is don't be afraid to talk to your customers and you can just go and ask them directly, what what do you want to hear from us? What would it be helpful if we talked about? And this could be a matter of sending out a two question survey, you know, what do you want to see a talk see us talk about? 
Um, how can we better help you with our product or with our education, with our blog? And you'd be surprised sometimes by how many answers you'd actually get from a survey like that um, or an informal just tweet or a Facebook post along those lines. Um, sometimes it's reading the comments, seeing what people think. Um, are actually asking for, what they're responding to, what they're saying um, is helpful or not helpful. Some of our best post ideas have actually come from customers um, posting their own sites in our, in our comments and saying, well, it's kind of along the lines of what you just talked about, but I did this with my site and this is how it turned out. And we're like, tell us more. We want to know more. <laughs> yeah, I love that. That interaction, that um, you know, that ownership that you're giving them to, to interact or, or ability to interact um, you know, oftentimes I see it from uh, business blogs, they get so lost in really trying to sell, hard sell, and uh, just pushing their own agenda, not really educating, which is more our tech. Uh, for example, at WebDev Studios and our blog, we, we educate around uh, most topics from WordPress to front end development design, uh, back end heavy lifting, you know, heavy lifting on the back end of WordPress and, and development in general. But really from an educator standpoint, and I think it it has resonated well with our audience and has helped us become maybe uh, known as subject matter experts in this space or at least, you know, uh, lifted that that whole uh, thought. Uh, where, where do you see th that mix, you know, in terms of maybe getting too salesy uh, or not salesy enough? And how, how does one kind of gauge that, right, especially for those starting out? How do they how do they learn what that voice with that tone needs to be? Oh, it's always tough. Like it it's it's always really really tough and that's it's one of the most asked questions I think about content marketing is like, you know, where do I start selling or how do I start selling or when does it become profitable? And I I think if you're going into content marketing or producing content purely because you expect to make money from it, it's not something you should be doing. Um, and I don't agree with people who say that everyone can and should be doing content marketing personally, just because I don't think it's something that everyone is cut out to do. Like there are some businesses that could make money faster from social media or from direct mail marketing in some cases, even though yeah. we think that's outdated, you know? Um, so I think a lot of times it's honestly just like, you have to view content marketing as something that you're doing to help your customers. And if you help your customers, that's where the money comes. That's where the relationship comes. And from the relationship is where the sales come. You can't really view content marketing as this direct path to profitability because it's not. It's it's a path in their step. And, and it's, 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 a, it's a, what am I trying to say here? It's part of the path to a sale, just as sort of everything else that in marketing is these days. I'm not, yeah, I mean, not communicating this very well. <laughs> hey, don't worry. Communicators are often the worst communicators. That's the way that it right. goes. At least that's my problem. Um, I, I agree 100%, right? So when I think about just our audience on our blog and what we do there and educating folks around development, design, and so on, uh, certainly that helps validate for our audience, uh, our, our sales audience, the people that we want to talk to around how we can build them solutions, right? But that's not typically the audience that's going and perusing our site or sharing our content. Those are really the developers and the designers and, you know, front end folks, um, not not typically uh, business decision makers that are looking for a new WordPress solution, for example. So there's a lot of indirect um, um, kind of discussion happening there. 
to help validate what we do, right? And we're helping a lot of people along the way, which is exciting. And I think that that's really where it becomes valuable to those making decisions later on to maybe talk to us or leverage us as a, a, a firm that's uh, going to help them build their next enterprise solution, right? They go, wow, these these folks that really know their stuff. And in the space, they're really validated. So it's not that direct hard sell. You're actually helping people. You're educating folks, and at the same time, that helps validate, in turn, it, it brings a lead to the table, right? And then from there, you go through the whole sales process and all that fun stuff. But that indirect kind of uh, dialogue and validation, I think, is is what uh, is more important than coming out and saying, hey, you know, look, we do, we do all this cool cool stuff. Um, you should buy our product or our services. I think yeah. that, um, that, that's super valuable. Now, what, in your opinion, or maybe the, the, this is going to uh, – this is iterative and maybe variates based on audience and company sites and stuff. But how, how do you, how do you really take, uh, the, the results of, of let's say traffic and, uh, all this data that you may be collecting from, uh, this content you're pushing out, whether that's social, whether it's through a blog or what have you, how do you, how do you kind of validate that data? Like, what is it really doing? Um, do you, do you have any recommendations on tools and ways to kind of look at those results, you know, uh, traffic patterns and stuff that you would recommend? Um, I try to keep my hands out of data. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I've, I've always been a fan of, of Google Analytics, honestly, just for peering in, peer, uh, peering into insights and seeing, you know, what pages people are engaging with next, how many people looked at this specific piece of content and then went to the cart next, or how many people went along this specific chain, looked at this page, did this, did this, did this, and you know, for a free tool, I mean, you cannot beat that unless you drill down as much as you want. And I think Google Analytics gives you almost anything you could ever want. So that's that's my personal recommendation. Um, I know we also use Kissmetrics at Woo and um, have had a lot of luck with that. Uh, I don't personally use it, but I, I've heard it comes highly recommended from our team. So that'd be something else I'd recommend to check out. You mentioned something earlier around Instagram uh, and, and – uh... You know, so, some may argue that there there isn't the value there for specific types of companies, um, maybe development companies. I mean, what are we doing? Taking screen screenshots and such. I mean, uh, certainly you can develop an audience there, but I think more challenging to really leverage something uh, as powerful as Instagram because of the nature of the business. Uh, w w what's your take on that? I mean, are you seeing uh, – I, I know you guys do a really good job of using it. Companies like Security are using it, um, but maybe others have challenges there. What's your take on, on using Instagram? Yeah, it's it's so much about knowing where your audience is. Um, we've written a few articles and we're planning to expand these about um, knowing your industry and knowing where your customers are. So, for example, we see fashion blogs, um, fashion stores, jewelry stores, etc. They're on Instagram a lot and they have a lot of success there simply because their audience is there. And as you mentioned, development companies, companies like Woo, Instagram may not be a natural place for them, but we found a lot of success there simply because we are, um, you know, finding some really, really nice graphics to post and we're tapping into what our own ninjas are posting. So if we're going to a WordCamp, we're posting photos from that, um, reposting photos from our own events, kind of tapping into the people behind the brand. So I think that's kind of a key to it. Um, we know it for our audience, they're not necessarily about just all development all the time, all themes all the time, you know, all WooCommerce all the time. They're also interested in the people that make um, WooCommerce, just like 
people make WordPress. It's, you know, an open source community. So that's why I think it's worked so well for us. But again, it's it's all about knowing your audience and knowing what they expect, which can take some soul searching. And I think as it did for us, a lot of testing and trial and error. I really like Instagram accounts and that are kind of geared towards teams, like you said, um, rather than, you know, like web, take web dev as an example. And we, I don't think we use Instagram really much at all. It's something we're talking about, but you know, like Dre said, it doesn't make sense. We're just going to post screenshots of websites we built. Like that seems kind of odd, you know, that's what our portfolio is for. But I think it's a, an interesting tool to post when our team's getting together, or maybe we're at a word camp together or, or we're at WDS camp or whatever it may be to show kind of the faces behind the company and how we are real people and how we like to have fun together. And then some of the different things that we're doing, I love seeing that on websites that kind of integrate that and use Instagram, yeah. that social to kind of show that there are real people behind the company and they, and they care and they have a good time. And, and, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty neat to see. Yeah. I think in the WordPress community specifically, you see a lot of that, a lot of accounts that use, uh, or excuse me, a lot of uh, companies that use Instagram just to show the people behind it because, you know, it, it's a huge community and there's so many people that touch WordPress in some way. And if you can highlight those people and, and what they do and even just, you know, the, the other parts of their lives that don't involve WordPress, WordPress, I think that's really awesome. Well, you humanize it, right? It becomes something yeah. uh, uh, that's that's more yep. personal, uh, that, something that you can relate uh, because there's – there's that human interaction. I mean, it's just like we're sitting across from each other, let's say at a word camp, we, we, we have that visual, that connection. I think it's very different and it's trust building, right? And yeah. ultimately, what are you doing from a marketing perspective? You're building trust that you can help somebody, ultimately leading them down, down the funnel. Um, if you're educating and you're connecting, you're building trust, you have a better opportunity to, to kind of move to the next, next step in the relationship. Very and it, cool, and it takes I a like lot. The, the it takes a lot. Instagram. To, I'm kind of addicted to it. Uh, as uh, uh, Brad was teasing me uh, as we entered the show, um, it takes a lot to humanize trade. Let me just throw that out there. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I, you got to go the extra mile on that one. Old game. I got nothing. <laughs> oh man. So uh, a couple of quick questions, and, and we'll probably wrap it up. But uh, this is this is definitely super interesting. I mean, I like content, Dre. I know you're obviously very passionate about it. So, Nicole, earlier on, you mentioned kind of around your presentation of, you know, smaller stores, specifically around WooThemes, WooCommerce, um, that that can't, you know, aren't, aren't at the level where they can afford a marketing team or person or, 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 or maybe a large marketing budget. Um, and content's, you know, a great way that you can have kind of a marketing, you know, a part of your marketing strategy that can potentially be low cost. Um what are some of the recommendations around that when people are first kind of looking at do, should I write content? Like, you know, what should I do? I mean, how do you kind of convince people that, yes, this is something you should seriously look at, even if this isn't what you do, this isn't your specialty. I think the biggest hurdle for people who haven't done content marketing or even written just blog posts before, um, the biggest hurdle for them is I don't think I can do it. Like I, I'm not a good writer. I hear that all the time. Mm -hmm. And, you never get better if you don't practice. You know, the, the first step to becoming okay at something is sucking at something. Like you're just going to have to sit down and do it and just suck a little bit for a while. And then you're going to get better. Then you're going to get okay. And then as you get okay, you're going to get good. And then you'll get awesome. You know, it's, it's taken me 30 years to become a, a good writer. Like that's just how it is, you know? So that's the first thing I try to convince people is you're just going to have to, put in the practice, put in the work. And then 
as time goes on, you will get better and better and you'll see the results of your effort. Um, and, you know, no one's going to see the first few blog posts, unfortunately. They're just going to flounder there. Um, it's a sad truth. I, I mean, nobody <laughs> nobody sees, like, the first 10 blog posts that WooThemes posted. Oh, my God. Nobody looked those up. Nobody go. Nobody <laughs> looked. You got to be thinking long tail content there. Yeah, nobody look. Nobody look. Uh, <laughs> well, don't look at the first um, few blog posts on our blog either because it was me about eight years ago just trying to get content <laughs> in the site that had nothing to do with what we were doing. I will say you can always go back and revise those. I've actually been doing that for my, my first few posts for a while. <laughs> Very sneakily, I've been going back and changing you, them. You redirect them to more awesome posts. <laughs> actually, yes, that too. <laughs> um, but the other thing too, um, the thing that I emphasized in my WooConf workshop is – um, tap into what you know. You know, there's all this thing, all, all this chatter online about doing keyword research and consulting people for ideas. And, you know, in some cases that's really good, but for most store owners, they don't realize how much they know about their topic, uh, or about their industry, about their store, about their products until they start talking about it to someone. You know, sit down with someone for five minutes and be like, well, you know, you sell jewelry, tell me about jewelry. And they will just start talking and tell you all these things that you don't know about it. And in that five minute span, you'll, you'll get 50 content ideas from them. And it's just a matter of making them realize that they can turn that passion into 50 forms of content, blog posts, videos, infographics, whatever, um, just by becoming, you know, aware of how much they know and how intelligent they are about their industry. So that's another big hurdle too, is just making them aware of their knowledge and how powerful it is and what they can do with it. Man, how the hell did we make it to 100 episodes, Brad? Because we're, we're not intelligent and we suck at all content types. What's going on? <laughs> we can talk. That's our content. We, talking. We, just don't, we never shut the hell up. That's the problem. <laughs> it's the radio voices. Oh, uh, man. If we couldn't talk, uh, we'd definitely be in the wrong wrong business with this podcast. On KDRAD 99.1. <laughs> KDRAD. Yeah, KDRAD. I like it. Oh, man. We got to get T-shirts now. This is amazing. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you what, this has been epic uh, and exciting, certainly something that, um, that I'm passionate about. So I appreciate you taking some time for, uh, for us to discuss dialogue and certainly giving some tips to our audience of, uh, I think, around three people uh, today. So very good. <laughs> but I think it's, it's now time to move on to this week's Pressing Topics. Stand by. Pressing Topics of the Week. All right, so touchy, touchy subject. A uh, little bit, a um, little bit crazy. There, there's a um, uh, an issue at the Cincinnati Zoo this week, where uh, a gorilla uh, was was shot and killed by the uh, some of the the keepers there at the zoo because a child had fallen into the enclosure, uh, and the gorilla was kind of dragging him around spot to spot. Some people have speculated that the gorilla was protecting uh, the child. Others, not so much. You ask the experts. And, you know, us sideline quarterbacks are missing a lot here. Um, the other discussion point that came up was, uh, well, a couple here. One was, was the gorilla, in fact, protecting, or is this, this just something that you can't calculate because of the nature of that, that size and type of beast? Um, two, should the, the gorilla have been shot? Uh, tranquilizers have been brought up. Uh, as as an option as well, and three, what role do the parents play in this whole scenario here, um, and and how this all played out? Uh, it, it's pretty crazy that I mean, geez, all of my social 
um, networks have blown up over the last couple few days uh, uh, over this issue, and or or this 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 um, you know this accident, uh, which is is horrific. Uh, what's your guys' take on this? Definitely sad. I mean, I don't think there's any other way to look at it. It's a it's a sad, unfortunate event. I mean, it's. I don't want to speculate one way or another. There's definitely a breakdown here, but I feel like there's, like you said, a lot of Monday morning quarterbacking, and without all the information and knowing exactly what happened, it's really hard to say who's at fault here. But at the end of the day, it's unfortunate that a really awesome animal, you know, had to be killed in a a zoo that we put him in because something went wrong, you know? Yeah, I... Unfortunately, I I have to agree with that. I think there's a lot of speculation, and we probably don't know all the details. I also think it's kind of a like a lose lose game. If you know, if the gorilla hadn't been um, shot, there probably would have been some anger over the child being injured, or worse. If you know, with the situation now, of course, we know how it turned out. I just it's just really for- unfortunate all around. I actually just watched the blackfish documentary over the weekend for the first time. I don't know if you guys have seen that, but no. it's about, it's about the uh, k- killer whales at SeaWorld. Oh um, yeah. 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 It's, it's heavy. It's serious. And it's kind of like, makes you think like, you know, they're putting animals that they're having trouble controlling in enclosed environments. And we're expecting things to go perfect all the time. And it's just not the case. You know, it's unfortunate. We want to see these animals. We want to be up close. We want our kids to learn about them. Um, but at the end of the day, we are putting wild animals in places they weren't meant to be. So, um, you know, I, I, I think to one point, con- conservation is important, especially when you're talking about an endangered species where, like, I mean, the protective service around that is important. But now when it's it's this caged animal for this spectacle, uh, I think that that just drives me ape, ape shit crazy, no pun intended. I think that it's, it's important to understand the, the context there. And I don't think that anybody does in this instant, at least – um, the the us, uh, Monday morning quarterbacks. When I think about the the situation in general, there's a child down there. Um, tranquilizers are not an option because there there's too many potential uh, um, you know collateral issues that can occur from that. Uh, one, let's say let's say the animal goes face down on top of the child in, in the water. Let's say the the animal starts to to go crazy because you 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 know you just been shot before. That actual tranquilizer takes effect. What happens there is you continue to drag them around or do other things that we just cannot calculate. Um, so what, what was the solution at that point to save that child? I don't know that there was much of an option uh, be, beyond uh, beyond shooting, shooting the animal. Um, again, this goes back to the it's, a, it's an endangered animal. This is crazy. Right. So should that animal even have been in the zoo? Like, I, I don't know the answers there. We, we're all going to speculate now. Uh, the one that kind of drives me a little bit batty uh, beyond that, obviously, we, we lost a, a, just a, a, a beautiful animal uh, from Earth. This is crazy is is how folks are talking about the parents or, or the, the mother here uh, and her failure to supervise her child. Right. That to me sounds like a pretty, pretty strong assumption. We don't know what happened there. Um, you know, a lot of these comments I'm seeing from people that aren't even parents. Um, you know, this this is a small child. You 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 cannot say that this 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 um, this parent or said you know these parents were not supervising their child. You don't know what happened there. You know, people were calling for her head, and it's like you don't really know what happened there. How can you? Uh, make such blanket statements around, you know, blame and and putting that on the parent. Um, 
a lot of stuff's happened here. This is crazy. It's sad for the animal, but I think that the zoo and the zookeepers made the right decision for the sake of saving that child. Um, the sacrifice is sad because it is an endangered animal. Um, but at this point, we're we're at where we're at. Do these animals stay in these zoos? I just, I you know, again for the spectacle, I just it drives me nuts. All right. Well, I beat that one in. Sorry, guys. Get it out, Jerry. I think we gotta wait and see, right? Like it comes out to yeah. everybody, calm down. Let's figure out what happened, and before we mm-hmm. start running down the street with pitchforks, you know. Cold game. Cold game. I so I have a question. Did you guys yeah. know that you're sitting at home? Picture this: you're sitting at home. Maybe you're working away. Got some got some tunes in the background. Listening to some of your favorite songs. Got your phone sitting out. Did you know that the if you have the Facebook application installed, that Facebook can actually tap into your microphone, detect what you're listening to, and then serve it up and suggest, hey, maybe you should post about it because we heard you're listening to some Wu-Tang Clan or some Led Zeppelin. Maybe you should tell everybody you're listening to Wu-Tang Clan. I had no idea a Facebook app could do that, but it absolutely can, and it's actually public knowledge that it can do that. So... I, I like Wu-Tang Clan and Led Zeppelin, but <laughs> holy Nikes, dude. Are you serious? Um, it's a scary I, I, I like the, Yeah, I like the little note that says, but uh, we only do it to help them out. Like, are you serious? Yeah, yeah trust us. Oh, 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 trust us. It's all good. It's all good. We're only got to listen to the, you know, the music. And they say they only listen to things that they could potentially suggest that you're watching or listening to. Um, so you could post about it. But what's to stop them from... And this is what an article on on independent site we have. We'll have in our show notes talks about what's to stop them from some suggesting ads based on their conversations. There's actually people out there doing some research saying that they are in fact doing this. If you have your phone sitting next to you, and this would be an interesting test, have your phone sitting next to you and start talking about, you know, something that might have a Facebook ad, maybe something you saw on Amazon, maybe a store down the street that has a sale you're interested in. Uh, and then see if it shows up on Facebook a little bit later on an ad trying to get you to <laughs> get you to buy it. That's uh, that'd be a little bit confirmation for me. But it's it's a little bit scary. One knowing that Facebook does this. No, I didn't have any idea, which I feel a little bit dumb not knowing that. Uh, apparently, it's it's opt out, so it is on, and you can turn it off nice and easy. But you have to turn it off. Um, I mean, to the point where on their Facebook help page it says, if your phone's microphone has trouble matching what you're listening to or watching the room you're in may be loud or a commercial may be on so like it's it's not it's, it's not recording it from what they're saying but it's using that that data to to, to make make decisions or help right. make decisions as to what what to serve that is just crazy yeah yeah i'm i'm gonna go tinfoil hat for a second here <laughs> do please, it please yes. do <laughs> well i actually don't have the facebook app installed on my phone anymore i haven't had it installed in my last two phones um I actually did know that this technology existed because my previous phone had um, that technology built in to figure out what you were listening to or watching. And um, it was something with like you could control your LG TV with your LG phone and tell you what channel you were on and what was currently on. And it was a bit creepy. That's a lot creepy. Yeah. That's a, that's a yeah. whole it lot was, of creepy. It was nice if I turned something on the TV, I'm like, oh, what channel is this? And for some reason, I was too lazy to reach my remote and hit guide, you know. But the other thing, too, is the Facebook app does really drain your battery. And since uninstalling it on, on both phones I've had it uninstalled on, my battery life has actually been a lot better. And um, I've experienced a lot 
fewer issues with my phones. So I'm, I'm not ripping on Facebook here, but I will say that I feel better not having the app and I just have like a desktop shortcut, um, a home screen shortcut rather to the mobile site. I mean, it, I know it, of, I know a lot of people have done that. Actually, I think I'm going to switch to that. It makes sense, though. If, yeah, if yeah. Facebook apps going all 1984 on you and listen to everything you're doing, then yeah, it's certainly got to run down your battery much, much faster. I think yeah. this is what finally has convinced me to get rid of the app. It's a little bit concerning. Just use the browser login, which I you know I've used browsers on uh, you know friends' computers or phones, and um, it's it's just as good. I mean, it's pretty. It is. It's a great you know experience. So it's not like you're really missing out. You're gonna what do most people do? Check statuses, maybe some pictures or something. I mean, a um, little bit weird. So it's it kind of goes to show. Make sure you understand what your technology is doing, uh, which I need to do here. Um, and and hopefully Facebook is not spying on us too much. We can get rid of this app. Nobody wants nineteen eighty four. We're past that. Yeah. Did you uh, you see the other news about Facebook and um, I don't know if you guys saw the uh, uh, Florida apartment complex from a while back. Uh, it got a lot of attention for giving tenants a contract banning harsh online reviews, uh, and the apartments were blocking um, uh, uh, the tenants. They wouldn't give them likes within like a certain set of time i i don't know how the hell that they could even pull this off legally uh like one of the quotes in here i don't want to be forced to be someone's friend and be threatened to break my lease because of that like it, this is I, insane. I don't, how does this even work this is I, I i don't know like i really want to know how that conversation went down with like the management like yeah i got a great idea we're going to force them to like our page. It's going to be awesome. We're going to have so many likes. It's <laughs> oh, so a great idea. Let's do it. Like, what the hell? This is like file this in the D-bag department, you know? It just, yeah. it just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, the document also includes <laughs> oh a release allowing the complex to post pictures of tenants and their visitors on Facebook. Yeah, you're on some uh, some weirdo stuff. This is one way not to uh, build your content strategy. Just throwing it out there. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, don't don't do this. <laughs> <laughs> don't ever ever do this. Uh, and I saw one uh, of the comments, you know, uh, on on uh, over on Reddit about this mentioned that um, one thing that a lot of people maybe won't don't think about is by liking, you know, by liking and and you're essentially opening up the door where they can see some of you know your more private information. So especially like an apartment complex, they're going to see things that you're posting. They're going to see things you're talking about unless you. Uh, I think unfollow or unsubscribe. It's a whatever the weird combination of liking, but they can't see your stuff, you know, um, which almost nobody knows how to do, right? So it's like you're kind of opening up the window so that they could see some of your more private stuff, which they could potentially use against you, you know? So this is ridiculous. There's no way this could ever happen. Ever, ever, ever. What may happen here coming soon, though, which is pretty exciting, I'm interested to see kind of how this all pans out, is Apple taking some steps to potentially open up Siri to developers um that could get well that in and of itself could get a little creepy uh but it, it's i think it's also very uh you know powerful potentially powerful where that could go if they allow you know third-party developers to really start to leverage uh serious capabilities i i wonder i wonder where that heads i mean that that that'd be something i could see kind of raveling um uh amazon and, and their home uh, you know the Google Home, which is coming out here soon. All the voice-controlled assistants that are that are being used in ho- homes beyond just the phone. Where do you where do you guys see this going? Uh, that's a good question. I feel like Siri is one of those services that 
never really lived up to its potential or maybe it was, I don't know. Like it just feels like a bit of a miss and um, it, by, by all accounts, the people I associate with and hang out with, the way they use Siri is could not be more basic. And it's the same way I use Siri, like really silly stuff, you know, like, is it going to rain today? Or I might use it on occasion if I'm sending a text through voice control. Like it's just not doing anything of any complexity. Um, and I think that kind of speaks to how a lot of people use Siri and how a lot of people view Siri as just a very kind of basic talking app like it kind of laid the groundwork for a lot of the cooler stuff we're seeing now like around amazon echo um but they didn't really take it as far and they certainly didn't open it up like the echo has to an extent um and you're seeing really cool integrations with things like the amazon echo um out there with voice control and controlling just about anything with it because it is a little bit more open than siri sure yeah i i tend to agree i i think that with siri and then with um Google's, I, I don't know if it's just called Google. <laughs> I just Google know, Home, I think. Yeah, yeah I, I know on my phone you just say, oh, my phone's probably going to light up as soon as I do this, but you say, okay, Google, and then your phone lights up and goes, what do you want? So um, <laughs> I, you know, I, I tend to use it the same way just to add reminders for myself or get directions or if I, for some reason, only have one hand free and can't text, I use it to send a message to someone. Um, maybe with development access, they'll come up with some more creative ways to use the technology and apply the technology and, you know, create some things that'll go beyond just conveniences, which is kind of how I feel Siri is used right now. And um, I, I think it is kind of a huge deal along the lines of, I don't see Apple as an open source type company and them opening up to developers. I think that's kind of to me feels like the first step in the direction of hey apple's trying to be a bit more open so it sure would be nice i think they they've got a lot of pressure with things like amazon echo being out there um yep. and, and I, I read a few articles when echo first came out and everyone was like why didn't apple do this like it makes perfect sense for apple to have something like this for siri and here amazon is kind of first to market and having a kind of a standalone device just for kind of that personal assistant you know um do you still use yours, Brad? Or you I use do. it consistently? Yeah, I do. I use it primarily for to play music and to mm-hmm. add things to my shopping list and to control uh, a number of lights in my house. I turn on and off and up and down, and I can control my Nest thermostat, which I don't do as often, but I I can do it. You know, so sure. I, I use it more a, a lot for like home automation stuff. You know, and music. It's really a great music player. So. Dude, I've got it sitting here, and I still yet to like. I look at it on occasion, like, eh, maybe I'll set you up this weekend. No, I'm not. So I'm not. I haven't even used it. <laughs> it's. I was surprised by how much I use it to play music. Like that is the number one thing I do with it. It is an awesome music player, and it's got some interesting libraries on Amazon Music, and you can load your own. You know, through Amazon, you load your own MP3 libraries and play those. So um, we use it a lot for music. Play Wu Tang. <laughs> Damn it. Oh, that's terrible now uh what's interesting and not so terrible we actually had a discussion about some of the uh impending changes that uh, uh twitter was going to be launching at some time soon i know uh old mr dorsey uh had uh chatted a bit about some potential changes and some goals that he wanted to accomplish one of the things that's been a long-standing uh item or ticket item is the removal of the at names um as part of the character count in replies, uh, of, you know, uh, 
tweets that you send out and reply to, to other tweets, uh, along with a couple other things like URLs or links that may be placed and media attachments that may be placed within uh, the the tweets. And those 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 changes are official. Um, looks like um, you can check out the, the post. Uh, they released a post on the official uh, Twitter company blog, and um, it talks about uh, the ability to kind of really expand the, the use of those 140 characters without uh, having to um, throw in those links and such that take up a lot, a lot of that real estate has you pretty creative speaking teen talk with letters for, uh, for words and all that fun stuff. Uh, is this, is this a good move? Fi- finally, something that we should be happy about and, and excited for Twitter. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> As a content marketer, I'm sure you're very happy that some of these changes are going into place. Yeah. Cause I'm sure you've been in that position, just like it mentions where you're kind of, you know, shortening your, your tweets or hacking up words. I actually just had to do that today where I'm like changing with to a W and, you know, cutting out, like I didn't have a complete sentence cause I just couldn't get it all in there, you know? So it's, it was frustrating. Um, yeah, so not counting things that people are doing and so many tweets now links at replies. I mean, I think that's great. It, it, it speaks to getting, a better message, even just in that short amount of characters, but actually having that full thought in there without having to hack it up into, you know, looking like you're a tween texting each other or something. It's so yeah. terrible. <laughs> and uh, and for com- I think for companies that use Twitter to communicate with their customers, like this is a huge thing too, because they don't have to shorten their message or potentially have things lost in communication when they're responding to tweets. They have just as few more characters they can use to clearly communicate what they're trying to say. You know, it's a you good idea when the internet doesn't revolt like they highlight in the article when they change favorite to like and everyone lost yeah. it. Like, just lost <laughs> their shit. Like, it can't be a like. That's too much like Facebook, you know? It's like, come on, really? So two bigger uh, kind of changes that I think uh, for me are, are more valuable even are the ability to retweet and quote yourself. Because there's, uh, you know, especially um, when we start seeing specific campaigns, maybe the same tweet makes sense to push out however many days later or what have you being able to retweet that um uh, is is pretty interesting uh which has been limited in the past the other one is um is the ability to to be able to directly tweet somebody so you start your tweet with at let's say williams ba and now it'll go to all of my followers i don't have to put a little period in front of it to make sure that it's not limited to the person that I'm sending to. I think that's a pretty interesting change. Mm. Uh, really and to me, change, it's yeah. super valuable. Yeah. That was that was kind of dumb when they rolled it out. And that's been around for a long time. That's, long time. That's yeah. been around yeah. for years. And everyone, I mean, yeah, you get around it with a little dot, but it's silly. It's silly, you know. I hate the way that looks. With the, it's with the terrible. Dot. It looks so stupid. Uh, I, I avoided sending out a tweet with that dot i think for two years and then yeah. i finally had to give in. i was like oh i hate myself so much right now <laughs> i would still find myself restructuring the tweet so that i can hit my whole audience and at the same time still target a specific person it was terrible it's like i shouldn't have to be spending time on this this is this is not cool yeah, yeah. exactly <laughs> yeah. what do you do what do you do what can you do what what you can do is if you're interested in looking for managed wordpress hosting is go check out go dratty Pro, go daddy. Did you see that? Did you hear that, Brad? Go <laughs> daddy. It. It's already ingrained in my head because we're, we're going to give you a link here. So you should go visit if you're interested. And um, in checking out uh, Go Daddy's new managed WordPress uh, solution, it's been built with a purpose for the ground up, from the ground up for WordPress. So if you head over to x.co slash go daddy, 
Uh, you can go check out what they're doing over there. It's time to let your geek flag fly. Managed doesn't mean lightweight by any means. You get every WordPress tool and feature, plus some GoDaddy exclusive ones, uh, so you can go and shine for your clients. Go check out GoDaddy Pro um, over with the GoDaddy folks. Man, they're really killing it over there. The other thing I, I, I think of value is uh, their GoDaddy Garage, which has a bunch of brilliant articles uh, from folks in the WordPress space, in the WordPress community, like Bob Dunn, Jennifer Bourne. I mean, the list goes on. Uh, some really cool, um, very valuable and educational topics over there, again, from folks in the WordPress community. You can uh, view those, uh, read them, interact with these folks at x.co slash dragcast. Go check them out. Good stuff. They are um, a big part of why we're able to run dragcast every week. So thank you, guys. Um Bradimus Prime. Let's rock and roll and move this into this week's Bar Tricks. Do it. Let me show you a bar trick. Oh, yeah. So let me ask you, Brad, did you actually get a bar trick before the actual bar trick segment started? Do you see how I just pasted that in there? That's... I wasn't trying to call you out, but I, I just did. But you called me out. Thank you, sir. Uh, <laughs> oh, shoot. You know, uh, I'll go ahead and kick this off. I've been, ex- you know, I've got a property up at Lake Arrowhead, and we, we don't um, use TV very often because we're not up there every day. Uh, but we're still paying, like, you know, our, our uh, service plan uh, with the local provider up there because we want internet, we want TV when we're up there. So what I'm going to do is I'm, I'm going to actually change out what we're doing over there, and I'm going to use this. Uh, new, well, it's not new, but open source software media center named Cody, uh, award winning and it's free and it helps, uh, by becoming your media center where you can play videos, music, uh, share pictures, view pictures, play games and a bunch more. Uh, it runs on pretty much every platform out, uh, out there, including Linux, um, OS X, windows, iOS, and Android. Uh, so I'm going to load that up, uh, and see where it goes. There's a, um, easy way to do it where you can actually put it on an Amazon fi- uh, Fire Stick. And I'm going to try it out, see how it works, and, and maybe it becomes something that I use permanently up there. So hopefully I can entertain anybody that comes to hang out uh, up at the house on the hill. There is my bar trick of the week. You can find it actually at uh, Cody, K-O-D-I.tv. Very cool. I've heard, I've heard uh, a number of my friends are using Cody. Um, I've been using Plex myself. Plex. But, uh, I've heard Cody's pretty good, so I should check that out. And it's open source. Yes, sir. Uh, well, my bar trick that I've had sitting in here for hours. Um, <laughs> lies. <laughs> all lies. Oh, boy. Uh, all right, all right. Uh, it's relevant, though. It's very topical. So Facebook, we're talking about Facebook and the data and how they're tracking and different things. Well, did you know, again, today I learned that you can actually download – a lot of the data that Facebook has on you, you can request an archive, um, and you can do this right through your settings. Just go to Facebook, the top right, there'll be a little drop-down arrow, select settings, and there'll be an option to download a copy of your Facebook data, um, and then you can kick it off. I think it probably takes a little while to process based on how long you've been on Facebook and how much data you have, but um, it gives you some very interesting information that you may not even realize Facebook has. Obviously, it's going to give you a lot of your about me stuff and, you know, names and birth date and check-ins and pictures and all that stuff, status updates. But it also has things like the ads you've clicked. It has ad topics that you may be targeted against, uh, things around your interests. So it might actually explain why you're seeing some of the ads that you see. 
Um, that uh, it has facial recognition data. So it kind of shows how it's comparing you, you know, or how well it's, it's not necessarily the data it's using, but it's how well the data is at guessing who you are in pictures, which I always think is a really interesting thing that Facebook does. That seems to be insanely accurate for me. Um, so it gives you just a lot of really crazy information. I have not gone through my own yet, but I'm going to request it and check it out. So if you're interested in seeing what Facebook has on you, go download that archive. I'll have a link to it uh, in the show notes. It's right on Facebook site. Um, tells you how to do it and you can kind of see what, uh, Facebook has on you and what's going on over there. So, uh, get out those tinfoil hats. Cause I have a feeling it's going to be really interesting. Not creepy at all. Not at all. So interesting. Well, I'll yeah, tell you what, Nicole. I'm going to have to download and check it out too. Sorry about that. Go ahead. Yeah. Nicole, rock, what you got for us? Rock over and there? Roll. All right. So mine's, mine's a bit more lighthearted, but, um, I stumbled across this site the other day called Corgi Orgy. <laughs> and the yes. name say that five the times sounds fast. weird but when you load it up um it you get this huge animated gif background of corgi swimming <laughs> and I, some cute music starts to play and then these corgis just scroll scroll across the screen and you know you'll waste like a minute watching it going oh this is the cutest thing ever oh my gosh whatever this is so cute the real gem of the site is you can make your own version with any animated GIFs that you find. Oh, uh, you should not have told us this. <laughs> yeah, 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 I know. I wasted like an hour. Oh, uh, boy. I yeah. actually made a baby metal version. I don't know if either of you are familiar with baby metal. They're this like I am. Uh, Japanese. Yeah, right, right. So they're a Japanese metal group made up of two 14-year-olds and a 16-year-old, I think, as their ages at this point. Um, and they... Uh, have some animated gifs that people have made of them so i had the oh, oh, animated gifs in the background <laughs> big ones scrolling across and an 8-bit version of give me chocolate one of their songs playing oh, in the background and i was oh, like boy. this is the best hey, thing i've created all day i gotta click so, on this i gotta click on so it. the audio is probably gonna Brad, feed through here i've, I've got <laughs> a recommendation i got a recommendation brad do not post this in the company slack or all productivity will go out the window over yeah yeah, Let's... I wasted about an hour on this site. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Let's see what shoot. we got here. Oh, oh this This doesn't uh, end well. Damn it. Here comes a big Very one. awesome, Nicole, but not cool. Not cool, okay? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, because I'm going to be, like, hanging out this evening after training doing the same thing. But when you when you make your own and it, it syncs up to the music that you pick, <laughs> like, you get the good gist. I mean, it, there's such a good payoff, right? Like, uh, it's so good. It's so good. Stellar. It's going to happen. So I appreciate that. That is this week's Bar Tricks. Thank you so much. Uh, I, I'll tell you what, I can't believe how quick this show went. I have had an amazing time. Nicole, thank you so much for joining us. Where can people find you? What's the best place for people to go and contact you? Uh, probably Twitter. So twitter.com slash Nicole C. Kohler. I also have a blog that I very rarely update because <laughs> I spend all my time blogging for work. Uh, but it's, it's littleyellowpenguin.com. I love it. LittleYellowPenguin.com. Man, well, I'll tell you what. Thanks for joining us. Hopefully, we can have you on again. And we look forward to seeing you at some upcoming events. Any events upcoming that you'll be at? I will probably be at WordCamp Boston in July. That's Uh, all that's on my radar right now. (laughs) And uh, I'll tell you what. I hope you have fun. Hope we see you there. I'm sure we'll have some of the team there. You should certainly be talking internally about bringing – 
uh, me back to Wukonf. Um, so make sure to, to <laughs> sprinkle that a little bit all over automatic <laughs> and that fun stuff over there. In fact, it'd be even better if if you guys brought Drad back. Oh boy! Next year's now event. we're getting somewhere. Um, now Ooh. we're cooking because I tell you what, there's nothing better than having the doctor there, but having the rad as well. Life is good. And make sure, folks, that you join us over the next couple weeks as we sprinkle through the 99 series of Dradcast uh, podcasts as we lead into uh, the 100 mark. Dradcast 100 coming up on June 22nd. It's going to be um, uh, a live episode from California. I don't think you want to miss it, so make sure to join us. It's going to be something. Uh, it's it's going to be something. Uh, Brad, where can folks find you? Yes, sir. Twitter, Williams B.A. I love it. And I'm at Dre Maida. For the Rad and Drad, I'm the doctor. Thanks for joining us on episode 99.1 with Nicole Kohler. Deuces. Thanks for listening. If you have content for the show, want to submit to be a guest host, or just want to listen to previous shows, visit DraftCast.com. While you're there, make sure you click the iTunes subscribe link to catch us on iTunes. Don't forget to follow at DraftCast on Twitter. Join Brad and Dre for a new guest host next time on another episode of the DraftCast.